In today's show, we're looking at the waiver wire for fantasy basketball players who are added, players who are dropped, players to add, players to drop, all that stuff. It's the waiver wire. It's Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Okay, it's waiver wire time. So let's look at what's happening on the wire with some views to short-term ads, to long-term ads, to guys you can move on from, all of that stuff that we always like to cover on this show. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's look at the most added players using our own metric at Basketball Monster as well as the Yahoo transaction trends. The number one added player, interestingly, over the last, this is 48 hours, was Jeremy Sohan. Sohan now. He's playing well, but of course, unfortunately, he is out today with, I believe, an illness. Get well soon, Jeremy, and hopefully he's back in action. But I think he's definitely a 14-team league guy. I think he's trending in towards being a 12-team league guy who we're seeing the minutes push up a little bit and we're seeing a little bit of improvement in his usage and scoring. He is fine to go and grab. It's obviously disappointing that he's out today. The way Paul D'Anthony Melton, this is, I'm guessing, on the back of that big performance when Embiid was out. He'd been trending in the right direction. I don't think he's going to be a top 100 player this season, but top 120, 125 is definitely possible in category leagues especially. And yeah, that 21, 20, he's one of the best per minute producers in the NBA. We know this. And those 21, 22 minutes can provide 12-team value. I wouldn't say his upside is particularly high. It's going to require a maxi or a hardened injury. And in that case, then he is a top 70 player pretty comfortably, I would suggest. I don't know if I would have been rushing, rushing to grab him, but sure, I definitely wouldn't have been rushing to grab the big avocado, Andre Drummond. Now, I know he's rebounding really well, but he currently is also hurt. Missed last game with a shoulder problem. I don't really know why people were absolutely just running to go and get him. He's strictly a backup. He'll play zero minutes next to Nikola Vucevic, which allows me to do this. It's Vucevic. Um, so I don't really know why people have rushed to grab the injured Andre Drummond over the last two days. Rebound stream, sure. Anything else? No way. Makes no sense to me, that one. Josh Richardson's a good one. Yes, he is also currently injured, along with Devin Vassell and Jeremy Sohan. But with the absence of Josh Primo in San Antonio, Richardson's role should stabilize at least mid-20s in minutes. Maybe high 20s in minutes, which is yeah, basically yeah, Primo was playing 25, 26 a night or, or on track to play that. Yeah, Richardson could do that. He's had some big three-point shooting games. He's had some big assist games. He can get steals at times. Again, he's much like a D'Anthony Melton, maybe with high minute upside, I would think. Um, and yeah, that, that sort of range of a player, but he has been added quite a bit. Bismarck Biombo also added a ton 
Makes sense. DeAndre Ayton's out for a week. We think Biombo will get the nod as the starter. We don't know that. He started the second half last game for Ayton, but prior to that, Biombo had been out of the rotation and Landau had been the guy getting the minutes. So even if Biombo starts, I'm not certain that he plays the same Ayton minutes. And it's going to be another one of these absolutely ridiculous coaching tropes that happen. Oh, but we've just got to keep Landau because we'd just like to keep the bench rotations the same. Unless you are playing Landau 17 minutes a night, the boat, and you're playing Biombo 31 minutes a night, like Aiden, the bench rotations will not stay the same, Monty. And it, it, people, coaches do this all the time. Oh, we're going to keep them together. It's absolute garbage. Because as soon as you take a starter out and play that bench guy more minutes, but you have to keep him in the bench role, the rotations change because you're keeping him on the court for longer. It is a ridiculous excuse that has no basis in logic. Now, we'll see. Maybe they do play Landau 17 a night and they play Biombo 31. But if they a guy, again, taking a guy who wasn't playing and making him your starter so you can keep the other guy in the second unit while then playing the guy in the second unit more minutes, there's no logic behind it. I'm sorry to say, it just doesn't exist. Maybe you can explain it to me. Anyway, Biombo is a solid ad. Landau, who is not one of the most added players because Biombo started last game, should be an ad. I, again, I would give the nod because it is easier to play more minutes as a starter versus a bench player. I'd probably give the slight nod to Biombo, but Landau is also an option. Marcus Morris, one of the most added players because this Kawhi stuff is still going on. Frustratingly, it's annoying. I, I don't. There's got there, there's a, there's a significant problem here. I think this makes no sense to me whatsoever with his knee. But we're not talking Kawhi here. We're talking Marcus Morris, who is not the greatest fantasy player. He's totally fine as a back end player. Um, I wouldn't have thought that you know, outside of adding for this uh, weekend's games, that there's much yeah, long-term appeal there. The addition of Karis LeVert, one of the highest added players, that is absolutely chasing. We know, you know when I say chasing, I mean, it's, hey, someone had five shit games in a row, went bananas in one game, so we'll add them, hoping that they do that one game again. When in all reality, they're probably going to go back to shooting 40% and 64 from the line and having 14, 3, and 5. Um, you saw it with Derek White earlier this season. We're going to see it with lots of players. It happens all the time. And, and I get it. I'm, I'm guilty of it at times too. And I've got no problem with adding Laverne. I don't think he's going to maintain this value when Garland returns because part of the reason his value is high is he's getting a ton of assists. And I don't think he'll do that. And I think the usage will also drop. Maybe that helps because he doesn't you know, kill you in percentages as much. But there is a real chasing element to that. Broncos country, let's ride. Yeah, let's go. Jalen Williams is back, the Bronco. He played pretty well, very well. Now, the four steals and one block, which he had in that first game back, are obviously not going to stick, right? And Josh Giddy still has to enter the rotation. But as I've been saying all along, I believe Jalen Williams is already better than Trey Mann, comfortably. I think he's better than Lou Dort, or at least equivalent to Lou Dort with much higher upside. And the way they rotate that front court with Pokashevsky and Robinson Earl and Wiggins and Baisley and Muscala and Kenrich Williams and Usman Jang, yeah, Dort can play some power forward. Jalen Williams has got a gigantic wingspan. He can play some power forward. I think Jalen Williams, the Bronco, is going to lock in. Jalen, J-A-L-E-N. We're not doing J-Will or J-Dub because that's literally just as confusing. Jalen Williams, the Bronco, the smaller one, without the Y, he is the guy that we're adding who can easily get 25 a night, might push to 28 a night, can score, can be efficient, can pass, can rebound, can get steals. There is a lot there from a fantasy perspective, and I don't think you want to let him sit on the wire. 
It might not work. Maybe he plays 20 minutes a night, but I'm pretty comfortable he's going to be ahead of Trey Mann and at least equivalent or close to equivalent to Lou Dort and a better permanent producer than Dort really, really quickly. And your opportunity to add him is now. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your football and, of course, basketball betting needs now that the NBA season is back. All the latest player developments, matchups, news, podcasts, in-depth articles, and analysis can be found over at BetOnline.net. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. I told you the Lions were going to win. Not that I did. I told you the Dolphins were going to beat the Lions, and they did. So let's look, and don't take any football betting advice from me, but that happened because the Dolphins are legends. Let's look at the game for Sunday Night Football. Packers-Bills. Ten and a half point favorites, the Bills are. Wow, the Packers have really fallen off. I know the Bills are good. Um, that is a big, big line. And you can check that out over at betonline.net, including that and all of your favorite games and events like the World Series, NHL, boxing, MMA, and golf. So head to that website today, betonline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. After you listen to Locked On Fantasy Basketball, make sure you are checking out Locked On Sports today. It is covering all the games that matter, all the news that matters in a short little show. You can find wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube as well. So check out Locked On Sports today. The most dropped players. Um, number one is Lonnie Walker. I haven't done this one all season. Hello. Goodbye. Yeah, he's not very good. And we've seen that. And as I, it's one of those things that I've seen Lonnie Walker play for four years. He'll have the occasional big scoring outburst, but now what, he's 168th ranked player or something along those lines? Because he can't, he will shoot better. He's shooting 15% from three, but not significantly better than that. He's not a rebound assist guy, doesn't get steals or blocks. He's bad from the field, he's bad from the line, and he's just not going to be this guy that he was in that one big explosion game that he had. So there's no problem whatsoever with dropping um, Lonnie Walker in 12 team leagues. None whatsoever. Um, this guy, Precious Achua. I don't think you have the facilities for that big man. Yeah, see you later. There's absolutely no reason to be holding on to him in any 12-team league or probably 14-team league. Him and Boucher are going to cannibalize each other's minutes. Neither of them are 12-team league players. And Achua gets the value when a starter is out. So if you want to hold, waiting for a starter to get injured, by all means, go for it. But otherwise, there's no value in him. He's not doing it in a bench roll. It's just not going to happen. He's not that good. Walker Kessler. Been dropped in a lot of spots. And again, we have to make decisions. It's Kessler or Isaiah Jackson or Jalen Duran or Nyekara Kongwu or Big Dick Nick Richards. Like there's a Isaiah Hartenstein. There's so many of these backup centers that we know if they get the opportunity, they'll be great. But you can't wait on that all year. And Kessler's sick. He's missing games. His minutes were reduced last game. He's more of a block streamer than necessarily a must hold. Because again, as I view things with the Jazz, for him to get a big role, it means that Jared Vanderbilt is hurt or traded. Not Kelly Olynyk. It's Jared Vanderbilt. That's how I think they're viewing it. I don't think Vanderbilt and Kessler will play together. So it's not like, oh, they'll tank and they'll trade Olenek and then Kessler will start. Olenek is not their center. It is Vanderbilt. So unless you think Vanderbilt is going, and maybe you do, then Kessler, I think, is going to be stuck in that backup role. The Discman, C.D. Asman. Um, yeah, all right, fine. He was pretty poor last game, but as long as Garland is out, he's at least got some stream value. Yeah, you can drop him. It's not a big deal. Trey Mann, yeah, no worries. Like, he, he's not that... Uh, again, I am in the minority on... Not minority? I don't know. There are a lot of people who vehemently disagree with me about the value of who, who Trey Mann is as an NBA player. I don't think he's very good. But that that is fine. We can all have differing opinions on that. What I do know is that unless he's pushed into a large volume, large usage role for fantasy, he's not going to get it done. 
because he's going to hurt your field goal percentage. He needs a lot of shots to get there. And now that the Bronco is back and then Giddy is going to return, man is going to play like 20 minutes a night and there's no reason to hold on to him. I added him when Shea and Giddy were down. I added him and now he's gone. See you later. Malik Monk. Yeah, I don't know how to explain what happened to Monk. Big minutes, big production. Great, 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 great. And then like 13 minutes last game. We tried it. We wanted to see what they did. The assists were really good. Um, and then it just evaporated completely. Bye. See you later. Don't need to hold there. Santi Aldama, one of the most dropped players. And you know what? I get it. In a 10-team league, I wouldn't bother with Santi. Santi is getting solid minutes. He's by no means a must-drop player. But there is an expiry date to what he does. What that expiry date is, I don't know. I don't know when Jaron Jackson's returning. But if you need to get ahead of something, if you need to make a longer-term ad, maybe for the man in the thumbnail, Jalen Williams... You might, maybe you cop a little bit of short-term pain and Aldama is the 110th best player for the next two weeks and Williams is 150th. But I feel pretty good by saying, yeah, by Christmas, that'll be flipped really quickly and your opportunity to add Jalen Williams later on won't be there. So it's about balancing. Do I want some solid-ish production from Santi now or do I want to try and plan a little bit for the future? You can have differing approaches to playing fantasy, and that's whatever whatever works for you is what works. But that is, I think he's totally fine to be dropped. And Caleb Martin, don't know about that. I don't think I don't think Caleb Martin's. Well, I I do know that he is one of the most dropped players. I don't think his upside is that high, but I'm not sure I would be dropping him. He's. Yeah, I don't know what you're expecting. Again, was this a case of chasing after that big game on Wednesday? Wow, look what Caleb Martin did. I'm going to add him and get him to do that, which was never realistic for him to continue to do. He's going to be around there, 10 points, four rebounds, one and a half, two assists, 1.2 steals, 1.53, something like that, right? Which is like fine. It's average. It's back end. It's your 12th, 11th best player. So he can be dropped. I wouldn't be rushing to drop him, but he can be dropped. Like that's no problem with that whatsoever. Let's look at now. These are guys who have been dropped, the most dropped. I'm going to look at players who are rostered in a lot of leagues at least over 60%, who I don't think in a 12-team format necessarily have to be. The first four names are category league guys. The bottom four are points leagues, but there is some crossover. I don't think you need to hold on to Steven Adams. Like he's not a must. He's rostered basically everywhere. I don't think you need to roster him in 12-team leagues. Points leagues is a little bit more value. And yes, the punt free throw value is there, but is he actually helping you? Is there more value in streaming that spot? I'd say almost definitely there is. It's a, it's a we love everyone loves Stephen Adams. We love him as a bloke. We love him as a player, but as a fantasy contributor, it's it's not there. So I don't think he needs to be held. Kelly Ubre. Again, this is a forward-looking move. Ubre is getting every opportunity in the world at the moment. Right, we're seeing him do that. But he's getting all these all these minutes. And he's the 156th ranked player in category leagues, and. We're going to have Rogier, Cody Martin, and Lamelo Ball all return. Ubre's minutes and usage are not going to stay. They're just not. So if you do want to make a move, Ubre is not a guy where I look at him and go, yeah, there's top 120 value. Look, he's not even hitting 120 now. And yes, you can punt field goals and that helps his value, but he's hurting you in field goals and free throws. He gets no assists, low rebounds. Low steals, low blocks. What does he do? He scores okay, and he hits some threes. He's not a hold, must-hold player. John Wall's rostered everywhere. Like, every league basically has John Wall rostered. Um, oh, we're just waiting for the minutes to ramp up. Okay, he's 201st at the moment. Do you think John Wall is playing 30 minutes a night this season? I don't. 
I think they're too deep. And Reggie Jackson is still, despite what you might think of Reggie Jackson, a capable player. And Reggie Jackson, I don't think, will go and play 17 minutes a night so John Wall can play 31. Or you know, Norman Powell will play 20 minutes so that Wall and Jackson can play together. I get the appeal. I remember how good John Wall used to be. But what's his upside now, the 140th best player? Again, out of these players, I would drop Adams and Oubre before Wall probably because assists can be really valuable. But even his assist rate's not high and he's getting no steals, lower blocks than what he used to get. Uh, field goals and free throws are down. He's not rebounding at all. He doesn't hit threes. It's not. I wouldn't say he needs to be rostered in as many leagues as he, as he has been. Santi Aldama, I just spoke about that. Some points league guys. Now, I would argue that all four of these guys are also droppable players in category leagues, but their value is lower in points leagues. Herb Jones. I don't think there's any reason to have Herb Jones, who's currently hurt, in a points league, in a 12-team points league. I don't see it. Points league value is correlated so highly with usage and scoring. And Herb Jones does neither of those things. The you know, the 1.7 steals that he gets is what, five fantasy points? It's not that big a deal. There's no reason to hold Herb Jones in a 12-team points league. In a category league, I think we view him like a little bit better than Alex Caruso as a steals specialist. And I don't think he's a must-hold. DeAndre Hunter. Like... He probably is better in a points league than category league, to be honest, because all he really does is score. But even then, it's not enough. There's no rebound, steals, blocks, assists, and he's inefficient. So if your league counts that, like that's a that's a problem. I just think that you're better of that. That value is much better streamed in categories and points. Brandon Clark, no way should he be rostered in a 12-team points league. Not even close. He shouldn't be rostered in a 12-team category league. But I get the appeal in a category league because, hey, sometimes he gets a block and he can be good with percentages. It doesn't matter for a points league. You do not need to roster Brandon Clark in a 12-team points league. And the last one, before I jack all these guys off in one go, is Blunty, James Wiseman. Like, what are we doing? The backup center on the Warriors when there are like eight back, better backup centers in the NBA who should be rostered. I know people are like, people, I, again, it's an evaluation difference. I don't think he's good. I think his defense is really quite poor. I think his offensive decision-making is quite poor. He's scoring at a good field goal percentage because they're just feeding him lobs. But I don't think he's very good. And he played like four minutes last game because, again, he's not very good. So I, I don't know what we're waiting for. We're waiting for him to take over Kavon Looney. I don't think it's happening. Unless Looney gets hurt, I don't think it's happening. And even if it did... I still think he'd only play 22 minutes a night and they'd go with a lot of Draymond and Jermichael Green holding down the center position. I don't know why we're holding, why it's in, in points leagues in particular, the, there's just no volume, there's no minutes. And in category leagues, what, what are we waiting for? I, I, I don't see it. But again, am I biased somewhat in my evaluation of Wiseman as a player? Probably. I don't know if it's biased. I just don't see it. And therefore, I don't see how he's going to play 25 minutes a night, which pushes him into 12-team territory. So, all of these guys... Let's look at some must-roster players. These guys are all available in at least 20% of leagues. And I think they're all top 100-ish sort of guys. So uh, are 20% of leagues inactive? Maybe, possibly. But they could be available. And this, this show caters to people who are super hardcore into fantasy. But it also has a large proportion of people who are beginners. I will say things like common fantasy terms, streaming. Um, uh, 
start or sit players. And people go, what does that mean? And that's fine. You're all, we're all learning things and trying to get him. But it, it just, it, when I say this, oh, mate, these guys are all rostered. Yes, they are in your league, but in someone else's, they aren't. Because it's a wide scope. And I'm using the numbers to tell you that in over 20% of leagues, these blokes are available. And one of them is Brooke Lopez. So the first four here are guys that I think are top 100 category league players. And there is obviously overlap here. But these are top 100 players. Brooke Lopez. Josh the Hitman Hart. I know he's dealing with concussion. Please, if you dropped him, what are you doing? Go and add him. Kelly Olenek. This is the biggest no-brainer of all time. He was a no-brainer draftable player. He should have been drafted around pick 100, if not earlier. And he's dominating. This is not a hard thing to see. Someone asked me the other day, hey, what's going on with Kelly Olenek? Like, nothing. Kelly Olenek has been this guy for years. But now he is in a position, like he was with Houston, where the minutes are actually more than 20. Everything he is doing, basically, on a permanent basis is the same that he has always done. He's just never been... And this is Detroit's folly in signing him and not playing him when he could have actually helped a lot of their players develop. Like, this is just what... Cal, I'm not saying that Kelly thinks a great player. He's not an all-star player. He's not even close to it. But he's a solid, really, really solid professional player who, when he plays, always puts up fantasy numbers. Always. And he's, this has been since he was a rookie in Boston. Always puts up fantasy numbers. And he must be rostered. Speaking of Boston, Al Horford. He's been dropped in spots. Like, if you drafted Al Horford, you didn't draft him for scoring. So, I don't know what you're worried about. The other numbers will come, and they've started to come. He needs to be rostered. Points League, guys, it's again, it's a Linux, it's Lopez, it's Hart, and Mike Conley, who could have made that Category League one as well. Yes, he did sit the back-to-back last one, but he played the previous back-to-back. He's a clear must roster player. Oh, but what if he gets traded? Oh, I'll deal with it then. Like, literally deal with it then. If he's on your wire, like, he's a free ad. Come on, add him. That is not a hard one to do. Must No, that, that was must roster. These are the hot players. These are guys who are all top 100 over the last week. And let's just go through and see whether there's any usefulness in them. No, you, Will! No, he's ready to sack that. Run, Will! Give it off quick! With D-Lon right out, and even before that, Barton was pushing 30 minutes. I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, streaming, sure. I don't really think that he's a high-priority ad. Richardson, I've talked about already, Josh Richardson. Alex Caruso, well... Alex Crusoe's value bumps when someone's out. It was Levine, and now it's Dasumu. When they both play, Caruso's not a 12-team league guy. But when they when one of them's out, he pushes to 28 minutes, he gets your steals and assists, and that's valuable. So he's going to be one of those guys, I think, Caruso, that's going to be on and off waiver wires all season. Rightfully so. Eric Gordon. Yeah, hey, look, I know that he's sitting the back-to-backs, but they're pumping a ton of minutes into him for some reason. And as a scoring option, as a threes option, like what's actually the difference between Eric Gordon and Cali Oubre? Yet one of them rostered everywhere. The other one's not really rostered at all. I wouldn't say there's a huge difference between them, to be fair. And Gordon can be a player that at least has streamability. Kevin Herter, fan of pants, just mix him in with that group of hot and cold shooting guards. Malik Beasley, um, Terrence Ross, um, his teammate Malik Monk. There's millions of them. Herter is probably the more stable of them, but he's going to be hot and cold. He's fine as a 12-team league player. Najee Marshall. Yeah, it's helped that Ingram and Zion and Herb have been out and Marshall pushed up with a big game last time. I don't buy this at all, not even for 14-team leagues. Bruce Brown is a solid back-end 12-team league guy because much like when we talk about Caruso, if Murray is out, if KCP is out, if Porter is out, even if Aaron Gordon is out, Bruce Brown's going to be the guy that gets the call. He is going to be the number one player who pushes to 30 minutes in any of those injury situations. Probably not Jokic, but the others, yes. And that gives him appeal. And Zach Collins has snuck into the top 100. 
I think he's probably more of a 14-team league guy, but he's absolutely a name we have to watch. Speaking of names, Jock Landau talked about that already. Yeah, he's he's worth a grab. I don't know which one. Honestly, I'm torn on Biombo versus Landau. I probably do marginally lean Landau, but it's really close. But don't look, everyone's added Biombo. No one really has added Landau. Jalen Noel, he's definitely a 14-team league guy. He has some 12-team appeal, and you can mix him in with the Kevin Herter-like guys, but he's just usage is sky high, and that's really helping him. Blake Wesley, this is for deeper leagues. With Primo gone, Wesley looks like he'll be in the rotation. It's probably only going to be 15 minutes a night. He might not even crack the top 250, but at least now there is a rotation position available for Blake Wesley. Shaden Sharp. Lillard will be out again on Wednesday. Now, Sharp was pretty good in his first half, but as I have stressed this whole time, if you add Shaden Sharp, there's 11 games on Wednesday. Will he actually play? There are 12 games on Friday. Will he actually play? So if you add Sharp now, do you get any games before, I think, the Sunday game next week? And the answer is probably no. Therefore, it's a pointless ad. But he's at least a name to pay attention to if you do have those open roster spots. Same with Justice Winslow, who's been putting up some really good defensive stat numbers as the backup center behind Nurkic. 24, 25 minutes a night. He's at least interesting. And then David Roddy Piper. Unbelievable stuff last game. Now, that's adding him, adding him would be chasing for sure. Because he came in in a game where LaRavia was out, where Jar was out, and put up some really good numbers. And when their team is fully healthy, he's probably a 12 to 13 minute a night player. But there was a good performance. It's worth monitoring how well he played and seeing what happens from there. And that, guys, will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, you thumb it up and you leave those comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Say ya.